Good morning, and welcome. Please join me in prayer. And together we'll know and affirm that Spirit is in this place. Spirit has created this day all for our delight, so that we may revel in it, so that we may see the divine beauty in all the world and see the divine beauty within ourselves as well. But we can't recognize it out there unless it lives within us. So I give thanks for that. I give thanks to know that the Spirit itself lives within me, lives within you, within each one of us, and within all of creation. So this day is just a celebration of that divine life, that divine intelligence, that divine wisdom, beauty, and truth that is everywhere present. And so we identify with that, we align ourselves with that by means of this prayer, by means of this time together that we spend in intentional contemplation of what it means to be a divine being living a human experience. So with gratitude for all the blessings of this day, for gratitude for each one here, I simply affirm that our time together unfolds perfectly, powerfully, lovingly, joyfully, and that each one is fortified in the way we came to be fortified. So with a grateful heart, I just accept my word as absolute truth. I know it is a active in the spiritual realm and cannot help but unfold. So I let it be, and so it is. Amen. Good morning. So nice to see you all here this morning. You could be out in the beautiful weather. Thank you for postponing that until later today. So I welcome you, and if you're new with us here online today, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson. I'm the pastor and spiritual director here at Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We are an, uh, an independent interfaith community, and we teach universal principles and practical spirituality. So I welcome you home to our community, should you choose it for yourself. And I welcome you home to your own heart, your mystic heart, where your answers will be found when asked. So this morning we dive deep into the flow of Teze meditation as we join our voices in song. Lay aside whatever 
Each one of us is so blessed right here in this moment by the breath moving into and out of our bodies, by the gift of life that that breath offers us. And so sitting here just feeling the presence of life in the body, the presence of love, expanding from within with every in-breath and flowing out into the world on the out-breath, creating an atmosphere of loving-kindness, of compassion, of peace. Allowing the awareness to move away from the breath and into the stillness. And in that stillness, feeling the presence of the divine. knowing that God is ever-present, everywhere, all the time. And so within the spirit, we are one with the global community. In a real sense, our interdependence in this material world says that we are one with our global community. So we take a moment to sense the divine intelligence that surrounds and infuses the entire planet. Each one of us is a radiant spark within that web, within that consciousness. Every human being, every creature of every size, every plant, whether on land or in the water, the rocks and the minerals, the water, the wind, the stars and the planets, all of it absolutely infused with spirit's light. each one a perfect and intentional expression of one ever-present, all-pervasive life. We empower our collective work in the world and, and here this morning by acknowledging our connection 
with all that is. We consciously link one to another. We are a powerful force for good. Our collective prayer and meditation leave an imprint of peace, of love, of grace on human evolution, on the world, on the cosmos for all time. Our topic for contemplation today is so now what? This month's theme is you are here in the midst of whatever is happening for a reason. Last week's topic was there are no accidents. So now what? One of life's biggest questions is, what do I do with this precious gift of life? Where do I fit? What can I give that will make a difference? It's important to remember that we each have a unique and irreplaceable contribution to make, and that each gift, each person is equally valuable in the eyes of spirit and to the unfolding of the world. So it falls to each of us to spend time with ourselves asking for guidance and seeking what is ours to do. We're also wise to remember that what we have to offer will likely change as our lives progress. What we give to the world early in life as a loving and conscious parent or a caring and thoughtful young person morphs into new ways of serving as we move into careers, become householders, volunteers, or whatever else we are called to do. What is important to remember is that until we take our last breath, we are never done. The longer we live, the more we come to know who and whose we are, the more of our own gifts we discover. And it is part of our purpose in this lifetime and in our soul's evolution to recognize our own gifts and to give them where we can. And so, the self-reflection begins, or continues, what gifts are uniquely mine? What do I have to offer?
you may or may not discover the voice of a smaller self interrupting. Who are you to think that you have special gifts? Author Marianne Williamson would respond this way, Who are you not to? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. We often hear about the importance of meditation and prayer as tools for self-reflection. We're told that spiritual study and service are key in our development. And they are. But I would like to take us in a different direction in our contemplation this morning. I invite you to consider that it is when we are rested and relaxed that the voice of spirit can be heard most clearly. And certainly these practices have their place, meditation, prayer, study, and service. They have their place in a contemplative and examined life. But there are other ways to rest and to find that clarity. How often do you give yourself permission to play? How often do you dance for the sake of dancing, just because it feels good? How often do you draw or paint for the sake of self-expression, with no agenda to improve your skill. How often do you go to the park and swing? Or take a walk with no purpose other than just the joy of walking? How often do you tinker or putter with no goal in mind. As spiritual seekers, we can get so caught up in thinking, thinking, thinking. Fun gives our minds a rest and lets the greater mind find an opening 
to impart some beautiful insights and wisdom. Some of us think that to be spiritual we must be serious, predictable people whose every action is on purpose. Just as children enter into play or into a game, there is a lightheartedness, a delight, a sense of fun, sheer exuberance in the joy of living. By playing, we give ourselves time to notice what brings us joy, what brings us alive. And it is within this feeling of aliveness that we find our true gifts. But, says the small self, there is so much pain in the world, so much that needs doing, what right do I have to be joyful in the face of so much suffering? How can I make time for play and to accept joy in my life when everywhere I look there is sadness? What if we thought of joy as a form of peaceful resistance? What if by consciously choosing joy, we're actually thwarting the systems, the people and the institutions that practice oppression? What if by standing in our own joy, we're expressing our divine birthright and using our spiritual authority to bring light to the world? Am I not a more powerful force for good in the world when I stand in the truth of who I am? I rest in God, knowing that I am a playful and a joy-filled being. Spiritual teachers throughout the ages have taught the value of being fully present, altogether mindful, focusing on what is right here and now. As creative beings crafting our experience of life, we are constantly at a point of choice. We choose our response to life now and again now. Life is a series of now moments flowing one into the next, and each one offers us the opportunity to alter our course, to veer in a new direction, maybe to enhance a beneficial quality we have, 
or to release detrimental thought or behavior patterns. We have the opportunity to make our life up as we go along. It sounds like a lot of hard work, all that focus and attention, but I invite you to consider those times when we are naturally present, effortlessly absorbed in the here and now, beholding the beauty of nature, playing music, participating in a game, dancing, times when past and future are completely forgotten. It is in these moments that spirit lives as us. We are inspired. Divine intuition guides us. We are free to be truly authentic. And this is when our unique gifts reveal themselves to us. When we seek our gifts effortfully, they run and hide. But when, they play, when we play, they joyfully reveal themselves. It has been said that the purpose of life is to discover your, your gift. The work of life is to develop your gift. And the meaning of life is to give your gift away. In this time of shared contemplation, let us consider our favorite forms of play, what really brings us joy, for these point to our divine gifts. Imagine yourself lost in playful abandon, unrestrained, free, blissful. What feelings arise? Trace those feelings back to your heart and let your gifts be revealed.
as so we bring our attention back to this time and this place, we embrace that feeling of playful spontaneity and all that it has unveiled. We're very grateful for the love and encouragement of our beloved community as we support one another in finding, developing, and sharing our gifts. For it is in the sharing of our authentic self that we create a new heaven and a new earth, a new paradigm, a more fulfilling story for our planet and her inhabitants, a love-soaked world. So in gratitude and eager anticipation of Reverend Diana's continued exploration of play as a spiritual practice, we fearlessly ask, so, now what? In the words of the Rabbi Yeshua, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little <coughs> children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. <coughs> Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What does this mean, become like little children? What are some of the qualities of childhood? Wonder, openness, curiosity, playfulness, empathy. generosity, and humility. In childhood, until we are taught otherwise, we see the miracle in every little thing. An ant crawling down the sidewalk, a flower turning into an apple, We're willing to try things out. And we question everything. We learn naturally through play. We share what we have. And we try to help others when they are distressed. We see the world with the eyes of the heart. And because we're so physically small compared to those around us, we know and accept that we are not in control. We allow ourselves to be guided and guarded 
by something or someone much bigger than we are. When was the last time you consciously expressed and experienced your childlike nature? How much time do you give to play each day, each week, each month? When you have a job to do, do you do it playfully? Brother David Stendel Rast defines leisure as playful work. Seen in this light, leisure is not a privilege, but a virtue. Leisure, viewed through this lens, is available to everyone, if only we are mindful. If we remember throughout the day to drop our awareness from the head to the heart, to breathe, to slow down and create space for yourself, and to feel the joy and appreciation of being alive.
comes to sit it out or dance to say no to life or to say yes may, may you always say yes may you always dance so now what we dance we do our best to move playfully through life, tapping into the joy that is always available. We make time for leisure, for doing our work playfully and enjoying the ride. Please join me as we close in prayer. We take a moment to connect with the one source, the one source of all of life, remembering the qualities of spirit, love, compassion, peace and power, but also joy, beauty and light. We are all of that. It is our divine nature. So why not just let go of all of the stories that tell us otherwise and embrace our own divinity? The divinity of life of every being, of every moment. Breathe that in for a moment. It's all sacred. There is nothing else, only God, coming to know themselves as creation. That means you. God expressing as you, as me. 
Why not embrace our playful nature, our sense of wonder and innocence? Why not let our lives be more fun? Why not step out of who we have always been and dance a little bit? I'm so grateful for my deep connection to spirit, to community. So grateful for the realization that life is supposed to be a balance of darkness and light. So grateful for my heartfelt intention to lighten up. I'm grateful for this community, showered with more blessings than I can count. And for all of this and so, so very much more, I give thanks in full faith that this prayer is active and vital. As I relax into spirit's sweet embrace, feeling its warmth and presence and intelligence and love. I just let it go. I get out of the way. I allow it to be. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Satu. Ashe. Aho. So coming back into this space, we open our eyes and our hearts and our minds, take a look around and say hello to all those who are here with us this morning, spiritual family, one of your strongest support systems, your most willing support systems. And best looking. Some of your best looking support systems. <laughs> So as we close our Teze meditation, we offer the opportunity to share of your financial goods should you choose to do that this morning. If you're joining us online, you can go to mysticheart.org and you'll find a donate button as well as a mailing address. And as we offer time for that this morning, we offer you a video from Narayan and Janet called Be Here Now. Tires you. 
Just be present sitting on your buns Be here now Never let this moment pass you by Skipping stones with the kids in the evening Watching turkeys go shuffling by Hey, it's tea time I got honey on my finger Red-tailed hawk echoes in the sky Sitting here with you digging every moment I feel high get them back for a concert. Oh, they're wonderful. Chris was rocking out over there. Forgot to do the offertory. <laughs> Whatever. Being here now. So we thank you for your many gifts today and always, today and every day. The gifts of your presence and your love and your dedication uh, to the community, to yourself, to your own growth, to spirit. And so thank you. We just bless these gifts and we commit to using them well to serve in the greater community. And so it is. All right, so let's wrap up with our closing song. And then please come on back for some uh, unique conversation in a little while. And a playful conversation. Playful conversation. And a delicious Asian lunch. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony. And may love always fill your day. May your path be strewn with happiness. May success find you everywhere. Always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. May you always.
Mystic Heart. Good morning. Woohoo! What a beautiful day. And welcome to the Mystic Heart Gathering Place, or as I dubbed it this morning, the Holy Vortex. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'll see you down at the Holy Vortex. What? <laughs> uh, so let's let's open our conscious conversation with prayer. As we do so, I'm gonna tear a page out of Lucinda's prayer book and start by saying, Hi God, it's me again. It's us again. And we're here to celebrate the love of spirit, the joy of spirit, the, the playful, just fun of being alive. For the life that we live is the life of God, taking human form in so many, so many different expressions. And yet, and yet one in the spirit. So I give thanks for our diversity. I give thanks for our unity. I give thanks for this day in beloved community where we get to celebrate diversity through, or unity through diversity, and where we get to explore the novel idea of play as a spiritual practice. So with a grateful heart, I give thanks for each one here. I give thanks for the presence of spirit in this place, in each heart. And I give thanks for the inspiration of Reverend Diana as she guides our conscious conversations. So I simply get out of the way. I let it be so, and together we say, and so it is. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. We might talk a little bit about that play thing, but that was Taze. We might go in another direction. You just never know. You never know. But we will begin by saying welcome to the Mystic Heart. I'm Reverend Diana Johnson, pastor and spiritual director of this community. For those who might be joining us for the first time online, we're an interfaith community. We're an independent interfaith community. We teach universal principles and practical spirituality, things that you can bring into your life right here, right now. So let's begin by joining our voices together, welcoming you to the mystic heart. Here we go. If you want to stand up. Whoops. Turn on the guitar. If you feel like standing up and moving, Welcome to the Mystic Heart, join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part, make this affirmation. Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible. The mystic heart. All right, here we go. I'm dancing today because I can. That wasn't true yesterday. <laughs> Everybody, get up on your feet. 
so well and I'm moving again yes so feel free to do whatever moves your awareness to the presence of spirit in your body as we move into our practice of envisioning a love-soaked world feeling that tingling that energy carry through the body as we know a world in which all all beings, all humans embody and live from peace. They live from joy, they live from abundance and generosity and from freedom, from justice. We live from these as our living principles. Honoring and caring for one another. Honoring and caring for the beautiful planet that sustains us. We're creating a world where all needs are always met. Where all beings have plenty of nourishing food and the warmth and comfort of home. Where each one's mental and physical health, chosen level of education, healthy relationships, these are all ensured by social systems that are grounded in wellness and wholeness where all beings serve the greater community doing whatever feeds their souls and all are well supported for their time and talent. And by their service each one finds a sense of belonging and contribution. A world in which all beings are valued and respected for their inher inherent goodness and light valued and respected for their uniqueness, where authenticity and integrity are the norm, where the peace and kindness we cultivate within us shows up as a world free of hatred or violence. By the power of our collective intention, we're writing a new story right here, right now, together. And it is a story where there is no greed where abundance means having enough to thrive. And everyone is abundant. We do not lower our vision under any circumstances, no matter what the appearances before us in the world, because we know with our whole hearts that this world that we create, that we co-create, is not only possible, but it is inevitable. As we evolve as a species, it is inevitable. We align our actions to support our vision. 
because it takes more than just vision, it takes action. And a new world is being born. We open our hearts and our minds, we open our doors <coughs> and our arms in radical welcome, erasing all lines of apparent separation because in truth we are all of one life. In keeping with our vision, we create an open and loving community where all are invited and in which all have an equal voice. So trusting in the power of prayer, we accept this graceful unfolding, calling it done, and in sweet gratitude, we release it now to the living, loving, lawful presence that I call God. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Satu. Ashe. Aho. So let's take a moment, look around, say good morning to anybody that's come in in between, or notice who all's here with us this morning celebrating. These are some of the people in your life that care about you you can reach out to if ever you need a helping hand. <sighs> so, if you were here for Taze this morning, you know that we've been considering the question, so now what? <laughs> Who's ever heard of a church service called, so now what? <laughs> That means the minister doesn't know what to talk about? No, that's not actually true. So let's back up a little bit. So this month's theme at Taze, we talked about the theme, you are here. Last week's topic, there are no accidents that you are here. And today we're asking, so now what? You are here, there are no accidents, so now what? What's the first thing that comes into your head right now? What are you thinking? I gotta do something. Gotta do what? <laughs> gotta do something? Gotta do something. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like sitting down for your morning meditation. It's like, here I am, God, now what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Keep doing. Keep doing. Keep doing. All right. <laughs> Anything else come into your mind? Honor ourselves. Honor ourselves? Mm-hmm. Okay. Take joy in my presence. Take joy in my presence. It's always a good now what, huh? So is next week going to be you are gone? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be gone, so you'll have to check with Lucinda. <laughs> so we talked a little bit at Taze about how often we hear the importance of meditation and prayer and sacred study and service as being key in our development. And in determining what our next step should be for our, ourselves personally in our lives, the now what in our own lives. And they are important. I'm not gonna say they're not, they're very important. But then I took a different direction and I pointed out that it is when we're rested and relaxed that the voice of spirit can be heard most clearly. While these practices are important ways to gain clarity, there are other ways to rest and get grounded in spirit. 
So the importance of play was one of the big topics we visited. And we looked at how play leads to joy and lightheartedness and insight. And it brings us alive. And it points us toward what we love, toward our true gifts. I asked some questions. And now we have a chance to hear your thoughts. So begin by having some conversation about around those questions. And then we're going to take it in a, another direction altogether. So here was the first question that I left as a <coughs> contemplation. What if we thought of joy as a form of peaceful resistance? Is it? What are your thoughts? Yes. What does that yes. mean to you? Yes. Because okay. We influence the mass consciousness. Okay. So our thoughts, our actions, whatever that is we do, influences the greater consciousness. Staying in joy, we can have a ripple effect. Okay. Staying in joy, we can have a ripple effect. There okay. is a lot of, uh, um, a lot in the raised consciousness that tries to keep us in fear and and, mm -hmm. um, <coughs> and worry and, and all that. But uh, so from that standpoint, joy is a it, it is peaceful resistance. It's not yes. violent resistance to a, a negative trend in society. Okay, so it is a, a peaceful and nonviolent resist form of resistance to a negative trend in society. And it's the most effective one. And ultimately, it's the most effective one. Why is it the most effective one, ultimately? Because you're not creating more resistance to a problem. You're finding a creative way of expressing what you believe. Okay. I think it also moves us closer toward the way we were meant to live moves us closer to living the way we were meant to live, being who we were meant to be. Born in original goodness. I choose not to be against things. I choose to focus on what I'm for. Right. When I focus on what I'm for, then mm -hmm. that forwards and grows. And yes. It against just falls away. Right. Yay. So I'm, I'm for joy. It's creative. It's creative. Which is actually an example, as opposed to being against something which leaves void. Right. Okay. Good. It's life supporting. Life supporting. As a reminder of the Joel Goldsmith title, "Man Was Not Born to Cry." <laughs> That's a great book. Yeah. We do, we do cry sometimes, but sometimes we, there are tears of joy too. But right. But that we're supposed to we're supposed to enjoy this life. Man was not meant only to cry. Yeah. <laughs> really. Have to insert those words. So consciously choosing joy, we're actually, a quote that I read, we're actually thwarting the systems, the people, and the institutions that practice oppression. Yay. Mm -hmm. Yay. We win. Everybody wins. Not we like there are sides. Everybody wins. We all win. I'm a more powerful force for good in the world when I stand in my authenticity and use my unique gifts to joyfully bring light to the world. Walk your talk. Okay, so walking your talk. What does it mean to stand in my authenticity? I, I'm using, a, just heads up, I'm using a capital A there. 
What's it mean to stand in my authenticity with a capital A? Standing without shame. Okay. Or, you know, hiding certain things, being being who I am and not sugarcoating it. Okay. Transparent. All right. Being who I am, not sugarcoating it, being transparent. Okay. And being uh, fully guided by your higher self, the, the okay. spirit self within you. Fully guided by the spirit within you. Mark? Sure, sure, very similar mm -hmm. to be our God self. Okay. We have an ego self and All a right. God self. And to be our gods, to remind ourselves constantly. Okay. So to, that. to remind ourselves constantly to be, to act as God in action, our God selves. Chris? I was, it's very similar to what Mark said. It's standing in our divine identity. Okay. Standing in our divine identity. Any other thoughts before I? Accepting that we are divine. Because okay. I don't know about everybody else, but I wasn't taught that. Right. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. taught I was born in sin and that I was filthy rags. Yeah. Right. And now I know that I'm divine and, mm -hmm. and God is closer than my next breath. All right. Accepting that divinity. Does it, oh, Bob? Taking from looking at my driver's license, it's my real ID. <laughs> <laughs> my real ID. My authenticity with a capital A. My real ID. That's great. That's funny, Bob. You're really funny. So does it mean that I get to say whatever I feel to whomever I want in whatever tone, whenever I choose, because it's part of how I'm feeling in any given moment? No. 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 Well, you can do that and get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> or create chaos and be a chaos creator. Right. Or drama queen. Mm -hmm. That time I feel like it, but no, not a good idea. And sometimes we forget. I mean, right. our divinity, we do, we step yeah, out of it, we do. and it's like that amnesia, we have mm -hmm. keep reminding, that's <clears> why we keep coming to service, that's why we stay around people that right. can help us remember that true identity, Yeah, because we can so easily fall into ego and forget, right. and get caught up in stupid little drama petty mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, so, so easy. Days of our lives. So easy to do. Days of our lives. Yes. Yeah, so I have, I've heard a lot of people actually, though, use that authenticity yeah. as an excuse, excuse. for uh, yeah. being some other capital A word that's right. I was thinking of arrogance. Okay? <laughs> 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 I know where your mind goes. They're the same thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> oh, so accepting the joy that is inherent in life is a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. Accepting the joy. We have to stop taking ourselves so seriously. And you know I only say what I need to hear. I only say what I need to hear. Right. So as we ask, so now what? Let's add some play and joy into the mix, shall we? Hey. Seems to me that while the next best step is different for each one of us, we all are unique, we have our own paths, our next step is going to be unique as well. There is something that we all share in moving forward into our own unique next step. 
Each of us has the opportunity to begin again right where we are. That's true for everybody. No matter where you are or what your circumstance, how you receive and experience where you are and what you're faced with, you have a chance to begin to be different in that experience. And that's totally up to you. So I'm a, can I share something I found really interesting this week? I was reviewing this from a past read, a book. It comes from a book called Church of the Wild by Victoria Lors. It's a great book. So I want to try to just summarize, because I was looking at four pages I was going to read, and I went, nah, I don't do all that. But I want to summarize a couple of ideas and then get your feedback. Is that OK? Mm -hmm. yeah. OK. She begins by quoting John the Evangelist in the Christian New Testament. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. This was with God in the beginning. All things came into being through this, and apart from this, nothing came into being that has come into being. And the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. So that's from the book of John, first verse, first chapter, first few verses, first chapter. Have you heard this quote before? I've heard it as the word. Okay. But so I've never the heard the word you the word. just said. Uh -huh. okay. I've never heard that word, before. Yeah. yeah. Most people have had have heard word. You know. There but there is a translation logos as well. Does that mean the word? Logos? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> there and also let me add, there are many scholars that translate it not in the beginning, but in beginnings. Okay, so that alone makes a shift, right? Mm -hmm. Not it in does. the one and only beginning, but in beginnings. Okay, was the Logos or the Word. We could spend all afternoon talking about personal interpretations of what this means, but that's not where I'm headed right now. So. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something you, class, might, Chris. you might find something that's more interesting here. <laughs> Um, it turns out that in the fourth century, theologians and bishops translated the word logos from the Latin to mean conversation, uh -huh. not word. Wow, I like conversation better. It, Me too. it covers everything. So the passage would originally have read, in the beginning was the conversation, and the conversation was with God, and the conversation was God. This was with God in the beginning. All things came into being through this. And apart from this, nothing came into being that has come into being. And the conversation became flesh and dwelt among us. Wow, that has so much more meaning. Mm. My whole body shifts oh, and changes too. when I read that. So go ahead and call me a geek. A word geek, but this new information just got me thinking. Does this change your understanding of this passage? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So how? Looking through whatever lens of symbolism or whatever lens you have going on, how does it shift for you? The conversations I have with myself in talking with God are the words and thoughts that I have heartfelt meaning and they become my reality. Okay, so the conversations I have within myself with my own highest divinity, whatever I call that, ultimately 
are the conversation that becomes my experience, my reality. Even if it's not a divine conversation, even if it's negative self-talk, it's still... Okay. Yes. So my negative self-talk is the conversation because it, it says that the conversation is in God and the conversation is God, so the whole thing, the whatever we're talking into and us, all of it, it's all spirit doing what spirit does. To me it shows that God is in relationship. Ooh, thank the you. conversation exists in relationship. All right, so it shows that God is in relationship, that we are in a relationship. Instead of the word being a one-way directive from God out there to me, speaking a literal word, bringing that into existence, because that was my childhood understanding, all creation, both in Genesis and in John, my interpretation and my teaching was that there was a God out there that said a word and things happened here, that it was, okay? It was about having a conversation. It became interactive between my human self and my own divinity or whatever you want to call that which takes what we say, do, think and has a tendency to move it into our experience. So the interactive nature of a conversation points to relationship. Absolutely. To a God that is generous and giving. Mm -hmm. For me, it points to that as well. A God that is responsive, because in relationship we respond to one another, right? So a God, a spirit, an infinite intelligence that is responsive to us, to our needs, to our thoughts, to our words, to our actions. And to the loving and lawful nature of God. For me, all of this changes. It points to the existence of grace just by changing word to conversation, which is apparently one of the very early translations. So when we're in a loving relationship with someone, another person, an animal, and remember that we teach that God is love, okay, so that's why we're saying a loving relationship, we have many opportunities to offer forgiveness, don't we? We have lots of opportunities to begin again. So for me, the translation becomes in beginnings, because I particularly like that interpretation. In beginnings is the conversation. And the conversation is with God. And the conversation is God working in my life. It means that in every moment I can begin again and that the best way to start to begin anything is to have a conversation with spirit, with my inner wisdom, with my higher knowing. For me that looks like praying. So to pray, to ask, not to plead and ask for things, but more to invite and welcome guidance, to listen to my heart, 
to then maybe respond as part of the conversation, to listen again, and after many cycles of this conversation, maybe then taking my next step. How would the world be different if that's how we all approached our next day or our next task or our next step in life? We'd have heaven on earth. We'd have heaven on earth. It would be peaceful. It would be very peaceful. It would be mindful, very conscious. We would be mindful, very conscious. It occurs to me that one of our one of society's habits in conversation is not really listening, but just waiting for my turn to give my opinion. Right. If we do that with God, I think that's where the that's where the cosmic two by four comes from. <laughs> <laughs> You're not listening. You're just waiting to give me your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Conscious yeah. listening. Conscious listening. Active listening. Yes. Okay. Can I share one more geeky question with you? Oh uh, yes, please. Geek away. <laughs> let my let my geek flag fly today. <laughs> Instead of my freak flag. <laughs> All right. So who knows what a charism is? A charism. Hang on a second. Just hang I on. Know. Hang on a second. <laughs> 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 he always has the answers. Nobody gets all the answers ahead of time. Yeah. Anybody? Charism. I didn't look at the teacher's book. Hush. Huh? C-H-A-R-I-S-M. Somehow, somehow related to wind or spirit. Okay. Charismatic is what comes to mind. Okay, so, so related to charismatic. So, and also charismatic, so I, I feel um, light and character mm -hmm. coming through. Okay. So there's a definition that was given in a book called Rooted that we also read a while back, another awesome book. It says, charism is an enchanted word from the Western monastic tradition. A charism is a particular gift or power, almost a superpower, received in grace through the spirit wind and returned to the world as favor freely given. Wow. Yeah. Big word. <laughs> Big meaning. Yeah. So a particular superpower that each of us has that's received by the grace of spirit Part of what makes us absolutely unique and irreplaceable. This says, of the spirit wind, of spirit, and return to the world as favor freely given. So it's not just the gift. It's not just, I have this gift. So why do I bring up charism this morning? I'm just thinking action. Action? Okay. What about action? 
Well, if it's favor freely given, it's so I have this gift and I freely give it. Okay. So I've been given this gift. Didn't do anything to earn it. It just showed up in me as me. And I think there's a certain amount of joy that comes out of being involved mm. in that. So. Yeah. So there's a certain amount of joy that comes out of freely giving of ourselves. And we forget that sometimes. David and then Chris. Well, isn't that like God's nature to bestow favor on you? I believe so. Yeah. The um, definition of love uh, by the uh, science of mind tradition, Ernest Holmes, is the self-givingness of spirit is love. And so if we're one with that, we have a self-giving nature as well. Yeah. I think each of us has a little bit different package of gifts, package of mm -hmm. divine gifts, and it takes all of us giving our gift to right. fully express spirit, to fully to fully build a lost world. Yes. It takes everybody stepping up with their unique gifts, giving what they have to offer. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. <laughs> <laughs> you want it playful. All right. Bring it on, David. Bring it on. That was a very, it was a very strong theme from the author Paul. Uh-huh. The idea of yes. everyone contributing their gifts. Yes. Yeah. Everyone has a charism. Everyone has a gift. And the grace that's offered within your gift is not complete. It's not fulfilled until you return that gift to the world as a favor freely given. If it's stuck inside you, you're afraid to offer it. Or if it's stuck inside you and it's blocked by whatever, things, life. Fear, shame. Fear, shame, past experience, trauma. Busyness. Busyness. Yeah. Expecting something in return. Expecting oh, something yeah. in return. Conditional. Yeah, that's not freely given, right? Yeah. I, have, I definitely have challenge with the unconditional love concept in me. Uh huh. It's, I, I understand that, and I, but I very much reserve that for you know certain people. So how freely given is that? <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. This it, I find it challenging it's very when challenging. there's a world of so much need. Mm -hmm. How much can I give? How, are there different kinds of love? Mm -hmm. Is familial love, partnership love? Does that entail some things that when we're talking about spiritual love, it, it's a little different? The gift is what I mean. You know, yeah, okay. So unconditionally giving the gift. Giving the the support gift. For right. my, what I have to offer, I give that gift to my family. It's like I reserve mm -hmm. it. Does that make sense? I give, yeah, I have right. Reserve okay. for certain. Yeah. What, well, how much I feel like I can. Right. I have to give. There has to be boundaries. Mm -hmm. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mean, you know, ignore your family and give away everything you have to everybody on the streets. I mean, that, that's not what we're talking about. You're talking about a specific spiritual gifting. Right. There's a, there's a quality, there's a talent, there's a tendency, there's a, an ability, there's a something about you that's absolutely unique. That's, 
that's the gift that we're talking about. Could be like creative or art. Could be creative or art, or it could be a smile. Like you have the easiest time of anyone smiling at all kinds of people. Everywhere you go, you smile at everybody. I mean, that's right. Yeah. And, and I think that's the trip, as it shows up in many different forms for yes. many, many different situations. Is right. There's not just one standard smile or, right. or thing, because how you help someone or how you be here and now with someone is different. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's evolving as you are. So it's more about when you're in the world, are you open and giving of whatever it is? Not to say that you empty your wallet every time you walk downtown. You know, there, there's a lot of need. But, you know, is your energy, is your attitude, is your heart open and accepting of what is, of who is before you as things are? Are you okay with letting things be as they are and bringing your best self into that. Yes. Be able to acknowledge the homeless, not be afraid of them, don't turn away. Right, that okay, that's, yeah, that's mm -hmm. one gift that you can offer. Mm -hmm. Just to look an unsheltered person in the eye. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. even if it's a silent blessing, you know, a, a silent, yeah. or a good morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just it. acknowledging them. Just an acknowledgement. Yeah. For me, it keeps, I, I keep coming beating this drum, but um, for me, it's a lot less intimidating to remember the words of loving my neighbor. Yes. And that, that really is just a matter of, who's, like you mentioned, who's before me right now. Right. Um, and I can choose to love at that moment, yeah. even though it could just be a moment. Yes. And it's not a matter of, I'm going to win the world, it's going to, it's a matter of, I'm going to going to bless this person who's before me right now. Yes. And that's enough. That is mm -hmm. enough. That's right. That, there's a presence about that. There's mm -hmm. a be here now about that mm -hmm. and a willingness about that. That is enough. Building on that notion of blessing them, blessing them, whoever we encounter, it is acknowledging them and their gifts rather than rejecting Right. Closing down to them. It's that openness, the blessing yes. of them. I see you, I honor you, I accept your gifts. Yes. And I, I see that the tendency tends to be, let's just again use unsheltered just because that's an example that's easy to acknowledge in our community and in all of our communities. That the tendency is either to judge or to consciously choose to bless. If you don't consciously choose to bless, there's a perhaps even unconscious judgment as you walk by and, and turn your eyes away. And I think part of that is, is the collective guilt that we feel in the society yeah, that, that, yeah. that problem even exists. Right. Yeah. But but it is, it's, it's, it's one heart at a time. One heart at a time. One of our city council members, and he said, we're gonna solve the homeless problem one person at a time. Right. That's the only way I can work. Yeah. I was just gonna say that sometimes, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, and then. No, 
um, sometimes it's it's just like death or mm -hmm. people with terminal illnesses. Sometimes it can be for some people so overwhelming that you can't look at it sometimes. Right. And so, so like I think working on getting for me personally is like mm -hmm. working on kind of getting past that in a way. Like yeah. Usually my smile is what I use. That I, I always try to look everyone in the eye and always mm -hmm. smile. And I've had homeless people just thank you for smiling. Thank you for smiling. Yeah. I've you know I've had that experience so many times. Right. But sometimes it's just overwhelming in certain areas that mm -hmm. I just want to just put my blinders on, just get where I'm going, and just not even look at it because yeah. it can be pain physically painful to see. Right. Yeah. So I. Yeah. So that choice that we practiced a few weeks back of the conscious blessing, yeah. it really helps to shift that and it's a great way of, of loving your neighbor, your self-givingness of a blessing. Yeah, I have a friend that I go to Sacramento with every mm -hmm. once in a while and there's a lot of homeless there, there's a lot of homeless here. Mm -hmm. And we're driving by and there's tents and things and she goes, you know, they need to leave and blah, blah, blah. And I went, mm. I said, remember, they're God too and they're just in a different place. And I go, they have nowhere else to go, obviously, or they wouldn't be right here right now. So I'm going to bless them instead of wishing they weren't here. And she went, well, that's a different way to look at it. <laughs> so I brought it to her awareness. Yeah. And, and it made me realize that I need to start sending them blessings. Like, right. you know, because I'm reading that book now, mm -hmm. My Big Bay. Amazing yeah. book. Great book. Yeah. Oh, but I've been sending blessings to them. And you can do that with anyone or any circumstance in your life at any time. So my, my guru talks about being a smile millionaire. <laughs> that's great. Because yeah. yeah. you're rich in that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. You've got all the smiles you choose to express. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole answer to a love-soaked world. If we all gave that's our it. gifts all the time to everyone we come across, the world would be completely love-soaked, and there we yeah. are. There and that's self-realization right there. Yeah, huh? it is. So it's time to believe in your gift. Y'all have one, or more, many, Maybe. lots of gifts. Another thing I've done is uh, just complimenting people. Uh-huh. One, one day I was in the Macy's, and this woman was looking at stuff. And I could smell her perfume. It was very mild and pretty. And I said, you know, that mm. perfume we were wearing is beautiful. And she said, well, thank you. Just something yeah, simple right. as that. Yeah. Yeah. Just a small compliment. Yeah. So it's time to uncover your gifts this week, okay? To face up to everybody has them. What are they? How can you best share what is uniquely yours in the world? That's what we're all here for. I think that's what we're all here for. So I thank you for letting me geek out a little bit on words this morning um, and for following the workings of my mind and my heart. I really uh, feel like the best of what my gifts are come forward when I can just feel free to put whatever's there out. I just wanted to say uh 
it's important not to not to compare our gifts with somebody else's. Right. Like not all yeah. of us are going to have the gifts of a Gandhi or a Martin Luther King. We're not supposed but to. But it doesn't make <laughs> our gift any less important, right. any less necessary. Right. They're all unique on purpose. So, you know, we've already had a Gandhi. And it was awesome that we had a Gandhi. But none of us are Gandhi and we're not supposed to be. We're supposed to bring peace and justice in our own lives, in our own ways. But we learn lessons from great teachers. But we teachers. absolutely learn from the great teachers that have been. Yeah. Important to pay attention to those. So should we go ahead and close with prayer? I think we can do that. So please hold these words as your prayer as well. Let's just relax and settle into the breath a little bit. Get quiet. Settle into the one source of all of life. Whatever name we give it, God, infinite intelligence, great spirit, creator. I can sense its presence here and now. I can sense it in this space as we have our conversations. I can hear the voice of spirit bringing its wisdom through each and every one. I feel it right now moving within me and all around me. I feel it beating my heart and healing any places in my body or my mind that are distressed. I feel it bringing peace and a sense that everything is always unfolding for the good, even when I cannot see it in the moment perhaps especially when I cannot see it in the moment. I trust that grace is always and forever flowing in and through my life. I place my faith in the absolute abundance of God's universe. And I know that whatever I need comes to me in divine order and timing. And so I open to the flow of God's generous spirit, allowing the good to move through my life, through my relationships, through my home and family and spiritual community. I invite that same goodness to move powerfully through the lives of the unsheltered, and those experiencing challenges of any kind. On behalf of those who have not yet found their faith, I offer my own, knowing that all are lifted. I extend my love and compassion to the world and all of its beings trusting that this creates a gentle ripple of peace and wholeness that moves through all of creation. 
In deep faith I release my prayer. Trusting the power of the one to move through me and through my life and through our world. I call it done. I let it go. I let it be. And so it is. Amen. Satu. Ashe. Ah, welcome back. I really am so enjoying these conversations. I really am enjoying the ability to hear what's on your minds and your hearts and to allow us to all share who we are and who we're here to be. Our gifts. Our gifts, that's right. So each Sunday we invite you to join in the celebration of the work we're doing by offering of your financial gifts in support of this space um, and the work that we're doing in the world. So if you're at home watching, you can go to mysticheart.org and find a donate button uh, or a mailing address. We welcome your gifts. We also have a gracious giving program for anyone who wishes to make a monthly commitment to um, of support to help us guide in our spending and our budgeting and our growth. But as we move into this time of giving, um, I invite you to hold these words close to your heart. Know how much we appreciate your gifts. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into this flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing it and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. Amen. All right, it's a new day, Eddie Watkins, Jr.
We have lost the audio portion of the blessing for the offering and closing comments. Audio will resume shortly with an approximate overdub of our closing song, Love Be With You. Our apologies for your inconvenience.